Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. In the book of uh, John, chapter 1, there's a scripture right here, and I want to talk to you just for a moment this evening about guarding your words and the value of your words. Your words are very powerful. The Bible says that God created heaven and earth, and He did it with a word. Uh, God said, let there be light. God said, and He begins to call things into being until He gets to His man, and He said, let us make man in our likeness, in our image. And then He said, let us make him that way. And then He made a man, the Bible says. But everything God created, He did it because of His Word. And He made man in His own image and likeness. Now listen to what uh, John said. This is John the Baptist in the book of John, chapter 1. And let me just read a couple of verses to you. Verse 19, this is the record of John. Uh, When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? And he confessed and he denied not. But he confessed, I am not the Christ. This is John the Baptist. And they asked him, what then? Uh, are, are you Eli- Elijah, Elias? And he said, I am not. Art thou that prophet? And he answered, no. Then said they unto him, who art thou? That we may give an answer to them that sent us. Now watch this. What sayest thou of thyself? What sayest thou? Of thyself. He said, I am the voice. Come on, somebody shout the voice. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. It's very uh, important to hear that. Uh, John knew who he was. Uh, this is John the Baptist. But I like what they asked him. They said, What sayest thou of thyself? Look, your words are very powerful. And just for just a a few minutes, let me just talk about what happens when you talk about yourself in line with what God has said. Or if you talk about something personally about yourself, not knowing exactly who you are in Christ, or not knowing how we are to speak according to His Word about ourselves, Uh, and how the power of death and life are in the tongue, the Bible says. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's talking right here. He said, what sayest thou about thou about thyself? He's talking about what's the basic attitude? What's the basic understanding? Uh, Who do you think uh, you're supposed to be? How are you supposed to be acting in relationship and speaking in relationship to the Messiah. That's what they were asking him. And I just think that's a powerful thing. I believe it's a, a, a question that every believer ought to ask themselves. What do I say about myself when it comes to my relationship with God? And when I talk about, because when you're in Christ, look, the devil can tell you all of the things about your yesterday and how incapable you are. And there's too many preachers who've really become good at preaching that we cannot live a sinless life. Well, let's just assume no one can live a sinless life. I don't have to uh, constantly qualify people by telling them that they cannot live a sinless life. I think you can go days without sinning. 
I think that sin ought to be the exception and not the rule in the life of a believer. But what do you say about yourself? Do you say what God said about you? In 2 Corinthians 5, 17, that if any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. All things become new. Listen, your, your adversary or even your old mind, your old man inside can begin to talk to you and say, well, it's just going to be like it's always been before. You're not going to be able to live it. You can't do that. All you got to do is rise up and say, no, whoa, 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 whoa. wait a minute. First of all, uh, devil, you're a liar. So thank you for telling me that lie because I'm going to believe the opposite because here's what the word says. I am in Christ. I am a new creation. Old things pass away and all things become new. First John says, if I sin, I have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. I can ask to be forgiven and he will forgive. How many of you glad that's in the Bible? Come on, you ought to clap your hands to the Lord for that. Glory to God. It's very important. God spoke to Adam. And when he was talking about creating his man, and uh, then, of course, he created the woman out of uh, Adam. Go get that thing. I just did a powerful thought on bones, how your bones are anointed and what God says about that. And then I begin to show a lot of that through the scriptures. And we jumped over there into Genesis for a moment and we saw how God made Eve out of a bone. Oh, hallelujah. And all of those qualities and the things that are in the scriptures about it, you'll get it. But when God said, uh, let us make man in our image and our likeness. And he said, and let us give him dominion. Let's give him a mastery. Let's give him the ability, one translation says, to subjugate everything that God uh, has created. Let's give that to man. He didn't give that to the king of the beast. He didn't give it to the lions. He didn't give it to apes. He didn't give it to uh, insects. He gave it to man. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. Men and women, mankind. That which was made in his image and his likeness. He said, everything that's on this planet and everything that I've made, I've given you the ability to access it and to oversee it correctly. You say, can you believe that, that people are trying to go to the moon and now they're trying to go to Mars and now they want to go to the end of our particular galaxy and everything? Well, God made all of that and he gave man dominion or mastery over those things. How many of you think we ought to learn how to master our own lives? You are not uh, the weakest link in all of God's creation, uh, contrary to popular belief. You just happen to be his son, his daughter, and you're made in his image and his likeness. And I'm asking you this simple question, what sayest thou about yourself? What are you saying about yourself? Uh, that thing which seems to be trying to dominate your life, that's trying to dominate your thoughts and your family and your emotion, and, and it's contrary to the plan of God. Can I just remind you, and you should remind yourself, God has given you dominion over everything on this planet when you are in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Yes. Uh, the Bible says that when we are in him, the old passed away and all things became new. I, I'm just going to preach to myself. I can see this does nothing for anybody else, but it's doing a lot for me. Mark 11 says it like this. What you say with your mouth is important. You say, oh, this is just one of those confession, uh, confession churches and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and what are you trying to do? Just do 
you know, like Mary Baker Eddy or somebody, a Christian scientist and just have a mind cult of some kind. No, no, no. The problem is you have a mind. You either have a mind, listen to me, or your mind has you. Uh, You have to train yourself just like you have to train your mind on what is of God and what's not of God. And then the Bible says you will renew the spirit of your mind in Ephesians 4. How many of you have read it in the Bible? Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. You do that by speaking the word of God to yourself and over yourself, uh, sharing the word of God every chance you get, and being involved with the work of the kingdom and making uh, that mental decision that what is new on the inside of you, your spirit man, you're going to cause this you know, six inches of earth between your ears to line up with what God has said and learn how to apply that in the 21st century. Oh, hallelujah. The word's going to be the same. How do we apply it and walk in it today? It's a, that's always the task that's given to us. And thank God uh, you're well up to the task. In Mark 11, 22 and 23, Jesus said it, have the faith of God, whoever will say to the mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, doubt not in his heart, but believe the thing that he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he saith. Isn't that interesting? Whoever will say to the mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, doubt not in his heart, but believe the thing he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. Whoever will say to the mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, doubt not in his heart, but believe the thing that he says will come to pass. He will have what he said. He said, believe it one time, but say it three times. No, that still didn't sink in. Listen, Jesus knew what he was talking about. Can I have a big amen there? There are spiritual laws that are still there today. We're not under the Mosaic law, but the Mosaic law has been grafted into, the Apostle Paul said, the the spiritual age that we live in today. That's very important to hear that. And so uh, there are things all through the Old Testament that are still in operation in the New Testament that we live in today, the new covenant, the church age that we live in. They are not mosaic any longer. Today, they are grace. Give me two big amens right there. A lot of things that were under the law, we see them also under grace. For instance, thou shalt not commit murder. That was under the law. Thou shalt not steal. That was under the law. How many of you know it's still under grace also? So the law of grace is greater than the law of sin and death, the Bible says. But it does not mean that it it doesn't exist. There are spiritual laws or principles. You call them what you want to, but they are there and they work. Jesus didn't say lay hands on the sick and they'll recover for no reason. Because it is one of the ways that healing is released. The healing virtue that Jesus bought for us and with the stripes on his back, the price was paid. And there are some anointings in you that because you're in the image and the likeness of God that are activated. He didn't say for your dog or your cat to lay paws on something. No, he said the one that was made in his image and likeness. He said, do some things. And those things are there. Glory to God. 
And one of the most important ones that Jesus talked about over and over and over and over is what we say. Uh, We have to learn how to evolve our language into the language of faith if we want to operate correctly in the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody shout amen. Amen. Look, I promise you, you can dig your grave with your tongue or you can open up the windows of blessing. It's very important that you and I learn and learn continually that we teach our sons and daughters. We teach our families how to incorporate the word of God into their thinking, into their talking, because we're in this world. But my experience is that when you put the word and the spirit of God in you, it will not uh, uh, cause you to not succeed in life. In this life, it will cause you to succeed. Oh, glory to God. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord if you've got that. Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love that word, those who love to speak the the things of God that speak that and understand it, they will eat the fruit thereof. They will have the, the benefit of that. Now listen, can I just say to you that there are two kinds of fruit. There's sweet fruit and in some cases there could be poisonous fruit. Because the power of life and death both are in the tongue. I made a decision. I want to eat the sweet fruit. Oh, hallelujah. In this life, uh, the willing and the obedient, Isaiah says, they will eat the fat of the land. Oh, glory to God. Uh, One time the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, all land has good in it. And all land has uh, evil in it. And uh, the willing and obedient. It's one thing to be obedient. It's another thing to have a willing heart. Two amens right there. The willing and obedient, they eat the good of the land, the Bible says. I believe there's good in in every piece of land, and I think there can be evil. But if we are willing and obedient uh, as we serve the Lord, we listen to the Lord, there'll be times when God speaks about us. And in our land, not necessarily speaking just about the terra firma here, you know, but in in our land, in our world, in our culture, in our life, we can eat the good instead of, Uh, the evil that's all around us. Come on, someone shout, I'm blessed. That's why it's important if the power of life and death are in the tongue. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, the scripture says. Your tongue has power. The power that's in it is the power of death and the power of life. It activates life and death, life and death, life and death. You can kill a marriage just like that. Just with, with, with what you say. Or you can save that same marriage and turn it into a place of joy and and unity by what you say. Hallelujah. Look at two people and say, it's getting better already. Come on, just tell them, it's already getting better. I can just feel it getting better. Glory to God. Very important that you speak life. Uh, Just inventory yourself. Speak hope. Speak joy. Uh, Do not allow the spirit of fear in fearful times to dictate what you say. You can be informed without drinking the Kool-Aid. Hallelujah. If you listen to the news all the time, how many of you know that, that you know, fear sells? Drama sells. It does. It always has and it always will. 
They can uh, take something that seems to be so insignificant, but by the time they have packaged it and produced it, and then they project it into you, and they throw the right colors behind it and the right voice inflections, and they talk about it, oh my, you'd, you'd think an atomic bomb had been dropped again. And the only thing that happened was there was some rain. Hallelujah. And you didn't drown. And I don't minimize any attack that anybody has because people go through things. I've been through them. You've been through them. But look, those things don't sink our boats. Oh, hallelujah. No, exactly the opposite. I'll never forget back in, uh, back. does anybody still remember Y2K? Back in 99, going in from 99 to 2000. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I don't even want to get started with that. But you can be sure that they knew how to sell fear on that one. All of a sudden, the world was basically going to come to an end. All the computers were going to shut down because the, the, the clocks inside of the computers that run the world had not been calibrated. They had miscalculated and they had not calibrated that when the computer goes from 99 uh, to uh, 2000, that suddenly everything was just going to black out around the world. Time out. How many of you have the IQ of at least a doorknob? Good. All right. So I think we're all included in this. So what you do is you go to your computer and you fast forward it and they take the clock and they do that and it doesn't shut down the computer. I promise you every person that worked with a computer knew that. I don't care who they were, whether they were at a NASA or at the hospital or if it was just, you know, Bob or Sue at the house that uh, had the ability to look at their clock and, the, and just the modem inside of their computer. They knew that it does not destroy a computer. I'm telling you, people jumped on that bandwagon and the words that came out of their mouth like it was all going to end. I had people at Abundant Life that quit the church because I wouldn't get afraid with them. To which I said, in dear respect and love, here's what's going to happen. New Year's Eve night, we're going to bless the Lord. And when the clock strikes midnight here, it will already be midnight on the other side of the world. It will be 18 hours difference in Australia ahead of us. And so if it hadn't already sunk Australia when their computer went over, I think we've got it made. What do y'all think? But that wasn't spiritual enough. I was trying not to be too catty about it, but I knew that the plan of God was not subject to a computer. Oh, hallelujah. Now, I know the Lord's coming back. And if we're wrong about that, on the way up when he raptures the church, I'll just say, oh, I missed it somewhere along the way. Forgive me, but we're on, we're on the first load out of here in Jesus' name. That's going to happen one day. You say, what if I don't believe the rapture is going to take place? Well, then on the way up, I'll say, I told you so. It's really quite simple. Well, what if I'm not a Christian? What if I'm not saved? Well, then feed my dog. I'll be back in seven years. That's what the Bible says. 
Hallelujah. And get saved. That's the main thing. <laughs> Before anything else, get one of our, we'll leave plenty of, of videotape back and everything so you can watch it and give your life to the Lord. And us and many other people are actually banking that. Because knowing one day that in that seven-year period of time, there'll be people that need to hear the gospel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And we will be one of those thousands and thousands of churches that do have things stored. That people will be able to watch. Come on, look at somebody and say, I like this church better every time I say it. Last thing I want to say, Isaiah 57, 19. Let's our musicians come back up here if you would, please. Isaiah 57, 19 is very powerful. God says, I create the fruit of the lips. I create the fruit of the lips. God creates the fruit of our lips. That's why when we pray, even when you go into your closet, when you're there by yourself, uh, the closet meaning your place of prayer, when you're, when you're just privately praying to God, go ahead and say it to the Lord. You don't have to be shouting as loud as me. You know, preachers, you know, scream it. Teachers, just say it. Are y'all with me? But when you pray, you just get before the Lord. And you begin to declare what God has said. And you come before the Father in Jesus' name. Then you ask yourself this question. Before I leave this moment of prayer, Lord, what am I saying to you? And what do I say about your son? Now, and what do I say about your sons and daughters? Years ago, I told our daughters, all three of them when they were growing up, don't you be putting yourself down. Don't tell me you can't do something. No, you can do anything. Anything you set your mind to, I remember when I was a boy growing up, my dad would say to me, I told my dad one time, I was at about uh, probably seventh or eighth grade right in that area. And I told my dad, because I didn't want to study math, I'm actually pretty good in math, always was pretty good in it. But I just didn't want to be. It was so easy for me to remember just through the memory side of geography and science and all that. But math was a total different thing. Because there's a certain type of reasoning, everybody knows what I'm talking about, that you have to think about it a little bit different. And I wanted to play football, memorize the spelling and the English and all of that, and not have to sit there and recalibrate my mental direction and think about, you know, the geometry and all of that and algebra and math, etc. I didn't want to do that. So like, like 90% of the boys, give me two amens. So I said to my father, uh, Daddy, uh, I just can't do it. This is just too hard for me. I can't do it. And my dad, who was a wonderful man, a tremendous man of God and a great father, my dad kind of caught me like this and pulled me over here. I was a little bitty thing in about eighth grade. You know, I, I probably weighed 110 pounds with, with, you know, bricks in both pockets and stuff. And, and he turned me around and he looked at me and said, don't tell me what you can't do. I know what you can do. I put it in you. I mean, what am I going to do? Say, no, you didn't. Liar, liar, pants on fire or something, you know? No, no, no. He knew, and of course, he had been a boy growing up too. He knew how boys think. And he knew that I was just trying to make an excuse. And I'm like, Daddy, you're not trying to work with me on this. Oh, I did the whole thing. I cried a little bit. I did. He said, no, it ain't going to work. I know your capacity and I know you can do it. So you're just going to have to do it. So I did it. 
Hallelujah. Never failed any uh, courses or anything of that nature. And I always did that. Was involved with everything that we were doing because he knew what I could do. And he was not going to let me start that bad, bad, very, very bad habit of running myself down every time I didn't want to do something. Can I just say to you today, when you pray and you magnify the Lord, can you then just give thanks to God because He's made you more than a conqueror through Christ? Can you just begin to thank God because no weapon formed against you is going to prosper? Because you are a child of the King. He knows your capacity. Listen to me. He put it in you. Now you activate it with the Word of God. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord this evening. It's so important to speak to the mountain. I know mountains don't move naturally. That's why they're mountains. But Jesus, the head of the church, the author and the finisher of everything for you and me, and the one who has all power said it like this. You take my word, get some faith, and speak to that mountain and tell it to go. And when you talk about yourself, listen, to yourself. Uh, you're still talking on a megaphone in heaven. And you just tell God you thank Him that you are His child. You say, well, I, I just wish I looked like everybody else. Well, then everybody would be ugly. No, no, no. You look at yourself and say, God, I'm gloriously and I'm wondrously made. You made me in your image and your likeness. And there was a reason. You've made me just like I am. And I want to thank you for that, God. You have a divine purpose. I want to take care of myself the best I can. But at the end of the day, I thank you, Lord, that you made me just like I am. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, men and women I found are so generous when the word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, it would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.